Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Above Par. It's nice to have you here and listening. Thank you for hanging out with me. Okay, so today we're going to talk about those blow up holes that you have, which I hope you don't have very many. But a lot of times people come to me asking for advice on how to quit having blow up holes. And I want to give you a couple reasons why you might have a blow up hole. Again, I like for people to define what a blow up hole is for you. I'm going to say it's probably a triple bogey or more for the most part. Double bogeys are going to happen. Every once in a while, a triple bogey, a quadruple bogey is going to happen. But when it becomes a pattern or it's something that you do over and over again, or if it's ruining your score over and over again, when you have 16 or 17 pretty good holes and you just consistently have a blow up hole in there, it is something to look at because we're repeating a result and it is worth taking pause and taking a look at what's going on. So let me give you four reasons why you're having consistent blow up holes. Triple bogeys are greater. So the first one is you can just be tired, right? Especially if it's coming towards the end of the round, you could just be tired. You could be fatigued mentally or physically and you just start making some bad mistakes. So if your blow up holes are coming in towards those last few holes, if they're coming from 14 on, it could be that you're tired. You could be physically tired where we can start to sway and move around a little bit. You can be mentally tired, which happens is you start making bad decisions or not thinking very clearly. You've used up all your mental poker chips. You get decision fatigue out there and you just start making some quote unquote stupid mistakes. So if they're happening towards the end of the round, that'd be something to look at. How do you cure that? Well, take care of yourself physically and then conserve where you spend your energy mentally. Another thing to look at, are you having a blow up hole on the same hole over and over again? When I was teaching a lot, people would come to me like, I'm just, you know, number 11 is my nemesis or this hole is my nemesis. I just can't seem to make a decent number there. I always have a blow up hole there. But if you're having a consistent big number on a certain hole, you want to re-examine the way that you play the hole. So this is what I want you to think about. Would you take a bogey on the hole? And if your answer is yes, that you would take a bogey on the hole, then what I want you to do is take out your favorite club. Let's just say your favorite club is your eight iron and your eight iron goes 130 yards, whatever it is. Maybe you have a hundred yard club that's your favorite club. If you hit three of those, that would be a 390 yard par four. That means you could get on the green in one over regulation, two putt, and you'll walk away with a five. What I want you to do is go and play the hole like you never considered it before. Don't hit your driver off the tee. Maybe lay up to a different spot. Take a club that is your favorite club. And the purpose of doing that is it helps you stand over the ball with more certainty and confidence. You're more relaxed with your favorite clubs. Default to clubs that you like. Just because you own the club doesn't mean you should swing the club. Sometimes we just need to pause and look at the hole from a totally different angle. Play it differently. You know, I tell the story about how when I went through tour school with um, trying to get my LPGA tour card, I hit three balls out of bounds on my 68th hole to miss my tour card by a couple shots. With my driver, I could have scooped them all up in a, in a box of balls, sleeve of balls. They were all right next to each other. I never considered hitting a five iron off the tee. 
or hitting a six iron off the tee, which was what one of the girls in the group said. She's like, um, maybe you should just hit a five iron. <laughs> I looked at her. I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> tour players don't hit five irons off the tee. If I was going to get my LPGA tour card, I was going to hit a driver off that tee. And when I hit my third one out of bounds, I'm like going, I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I totally would have hit five iron, not been able to reach the green in two because it was a long hole. I would have walked off in hindsight with a bogey for sure. If you keep having a blow up hole on the same hole over and over again, play the hole differently. Play it with more of your favorite clubs. Go with the intent of just making a bogey and getting out of there. And when you start looking at the hole differently, you can start adding some length to some of those other clubs. You might come up with a whole new strategy and you'll break that trend of having a blow up hole on that hole over and over again. Another reason that you might be having a blow up hole is that you're hitting shots you don't own. <laughs> so like I said in the last one is just because you own the club doesn't mean you have to swing the club. And just because you see the shots hit on TV doesn't mean that you own it. So for instance, a lot of people will take out their three wood, which is one of the harder clubs in your bag to hit because it's the longest club in your bag with the least amount of loft that we hit on the off of the grass. And just because you own it and just because it's supposed to go further doesn't mean that you hit it consistently. It is also a club that you will have your biggest miss with. It is more likely to go more offline. Just because you have a four iron in your bag doesn't mean you're supposed to swing it, right? It can stay in your bag unless you hit it well. You'd be much better off. It, a five iron is incrementally easier to hit. A six iron is incrementally easier to hit than that one than hitting your four iron. Those are pretty easy to figure out. But when we get close to the green, unless you own a flop shot, you should not be trying to swing and hit a flop shot. <laughs> it is a very high risk shot. What a lot of people do is they try and hit high risk shots because they see other people do it because it's fun, because it's fancy, because sometimes I've done it before. That is fine. You have to be willing to pay the price of sculling it over the green, into the woods, out of bounds. You need to pay attention to what is over the green if you do scull it. I've watched players who do not own a flop shot try and hit a flop shot off of hard pan. They're either going to lay the sod over it or they're going to scull it into the trees. <laughs> right? I can call it pretty much most times. The other thing is play smart. If you don't own a downhill bunker shot over a big lip with water on the other side of the green, play sideways. That's playing smart. If you're trying to hit a fancy pitch shot when you could have just bumped it up onto the green, especially if there's trouble over the green, play smart. Be aware of how you feel over the shot. I will go up and hit short game shots and bring three or four clubs with me because I don't know what I'm going to feel when I stand over that ball. I don't know what my lie is. I think this is a big mistake a lot of people do too, a lot of amateurs make, is they just go up and grab one club. They haven't even seen what their lie is. There's so many other options for you out there. If I don't like my lie, I might hit low. If I feel really good about it, I might hit my sand wedge. If I got a little fluff underneath the ball, maybe I'll try something fancy. Where is my trouble around that shot? Where do I want to miss it, so to speak? If you don't have club head speed and strength, you probably shouldn't be hitting long irons out of heavy rough. That's where we make a lot of mistakes too. When you're in the rough, get out of the rough, get back into the fairway. That's your first objective. But a lot of people take longer clubs off of uneven lies and in the rough where you're going to have a horrific miss because the club is not designed to go through that rough. You've got to examine your lie in your situation before you make that swing. Just because you see the guys on TV or the girls on TV who are super strong and efficient 
hit those shots, unless you know you can own it, unless you know you can get that club on that ball, then you want to play something safer. That's how we create blow up holes is we try and hit shots that we don't own that have a very low percentage. So if you want to look back at some of the blow up holes that you've had, take a look at, could I have played that safer, especially if it's around the green? Could I have played that smarter? If you're standing on the tee box and you've hit fades all day and all the trouble is to the right and the wind is blowing left to right, you probably shouldn't hit your driver. We sometimes just don't make smart course management decisions about our ability and we try and hit shots that we just don't own. And then the last reason, again, which I always bring up is you tell yourself the story that I'm a person who has blow up holes. When people come to me, they're like, I always have a blow up hole. I'm like, of course you do. And you will keep having blow up holes if you keep saying that to yourself. It's no different than saying I'm a person who always trips going up the stairs. And guess what happens every time you go up the stairs, you're going to trip. Send your brain looking for evidence of something different. How do you do that? Again, you do that by saying, sometimes I have rounds without blow up holes. I don't always have a blow up hole. It's possible I could play today without a blow up hole. It sounds so simple, but it's so much more powerful for your brain than saying, I'm a person who always has a blow up hole. So take a look at why you had a blow up hole. Don't walk off of a green and sign your scorecard and not examine what happened on that hole. Why did I have a blow up hole? Was I tired? Was I physically tired or mentally tired? Did I just not make a very good decision because I wasn't thinking very clearly? And what could I do different next time so that I have more energy coming in and so that I'm not mental mush when I come into those last few holes? Is it the same hole over and over again that I keep hitting, trying to hit a three wood on a downhill lie over a pond and I keep going in the pond? Could I play the hole differently and come up with a different strategy? Can I go with it with the intent of, let me just get on the green and one over regulation and walk away with a bogey. Because there is a trickle effect of having a blow up hole, right? Because now we go to the next hole having that defeated feeling that can affect other holes. So could the trickle effect for the rest of your round be so much better if you just walked off with a bogey? The answer is yes. <laughs> Did you have a blow up hole because you hit a shot you just don't own? That was a high risk shot or that was a low percentage shot? Could you have played that differently? Could you have thought played a safer shot in that situation? Just learn from it. And if all of those didn't happen, let's be honest, sometimes blow up holes happen. Sometimes you just have some fluky things that happen out there. Right? You hit a tree and it goes over into the other trees and ricochets off a house and lands wherever. So for sure, we can just have some crazy things happen and have a blow up hole because of that. But it's worth taking a look. Sometimes we just get super unlucky. We get a bad break. That's part of golf because we also get good breaks. If none of that resonated with why you were having a, why you had that blow up hole, then ask yourself, am I assuming that I'm always supposed to have a blow up hole? Am I expecting myself to have a blow up hole? Am I looking for that big number out there? And if that's the case, you want to start shifting that thought. And listen, you need to have your back in this situation. If you have a lot of blow up holes, having less or fewer blow up holes is progress. And you want to remind yourself, I'm having less. This is good. Things are turning around. Things are getting better. It doesn't mean you're exempt from ever having another blow up hole again, but be curious on why they're happening so you can start to minimize them. All right, my friends, I hope that helped. Fewer blow up holes for you. And if you need help discovering the thoughts that are holding you back, if you keep producing the same results in your golf game or anywhere actually in your life, if you're a little miserable with your golf game, please feel free to reach out. There's a link for a discovery call. We can just chat about it and I'll help you find some of those thoughts that are holding you back. You can find it at kathyhartwood.com forward slash chat. All right. Have a fabulous week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday.